Welcome to Conversations That Matter, where we ask questions, explore topics, and shine a light on what's truly important. If you have any topics you would like to hear a conversation on, email us at podcasts at nowmediagroup.ca. So here we are today in Conversations That Matter. I'm here with my co-host, Brittany Stober, and today our guest is Crystal Flamin. And Crystal, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself before we start. Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. I want to say thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to come and meet with you and have a great conversation that matters. And um, my name is Crystal Flamin, and I am originally from Saskatchewan, but moved to Kelowna in 1995. And for the last two decades, I am a social entrepreneur, and primarily what I do is use uh, proceeds from my businesses to help make the world a little bit better and brighter and inspire other people to do the same. I was lucky enough to see your presentation, I think about a week ago now, for the Kelowna Chamber of Commerce, which was very uh, motivational, uplifting, and I think um, you had some angel wings there, maybe explain those (laughs) angel wings. Yes, you know, well, the original concept actually came to me in a dream. I, I was invited to speak at a women's conference, and I woke up in the middle of the night and the voice or the, the dream I had said, you have to take angel wings with you. And I thought, angel wings? I don't have angel wings. What does that look like? Like, I have no clue. And long story short, uh, one of my favorite quotes that I, that I live by, and I think that we all more or less need to live by, is we are each of us angels with only one wing, and we can only fly by embracing one another. And I think that's kind of a great mantra for life. So the angel wings came from that. So I showed up at this women's retreat, this conference, um, with this big rolled up banner of angel wings. And the rest is history. It's probably been about eight, nine years that uh, these angel wings have become a um, sort of a a symbolic, symbolic thing to to show us or remind us that we are truly angels with only one wing and we can only fly by embracing one another. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. One of my favorite movies is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it every Christmas. <laughs> I usually watch it with my daughter, whoever walks it through yeah. it with me. Yeah. And every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm going to have <laughs> to put that on our list for this Christmas. Um, what, what is, like, explain social entrepreneur maybe to some people that don't understand that. Well, fundamentally, I think that as a business owner, and, and, and it doesn't even mean, not that we have to be in business for ourselves to do so, but finding a bigger problem than our own bottom line. And that looks different for everyone. And I know for me, I, I wished I had children. It just didn't work out that way. And so I thought I can make a difference to other kids around the world, locally primarily, and, and also around the world. And so social entrepreneurship is a, is a phrase that, or it's a term that's been kind of popular, popularized over the last number of years. But 20 years ago, um, when I was doing what I do, and I, ever since I started working for myself and doing program speeches and those kinds of things, a portion has always gone to charity. A portion has gone back to the attendees in the form of swag and those giveaway items. And then a portion goes to pay my mortgage. And um, it's always been that way. And when I was redoing my website, the web designer said, you know, 
what do we call you? And I said, good gosh, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. And she said, we're going to call you a social entrepreneur. And so that was 20 years ago before it was a thing. And social entrepreneurship really is about making the world better through our own efforts and finding a cause greater or a problem greater than our own, uh, finding a bigger problem and making a difference in the areas that matter most to us. One of the things that you did in the in the presentation you did for the chamber was you had that fifty dollar bill <laughs> to to I guess make a point to take action. I take it and and how does that usually work out for you? Like getting people to kind of especially in a room that's probably full of people that may not feel so comfortable jumping up. Well, that was an interesting experiment, wasn't it? And it, mm-hmm. and I actually do that. Um, I do that quite often in speeches and programs because we often we want something but we're not really we're not going to take the leap and I realize that it's uncomfortable for someone to jump up and and grab a hold of that $50 or whatever it might be but in life life is uncomfortable and life rewards those who are brave and courageous and so often I mean someone actually jumped up relatively quickly in the the luncheon for the chamber event that we Mm -hmm. were at but I could wander around the room like for several minutes relaying the point that in in life we need to take action and people will sit there with their hands up they want the fifty dollars but they're not willing to to they don't want to look bad and I think this Mm -hmm. is something interesting isn't it that we all suffer suffer from we don't want to look bad we want to be accepted you know we want to we don't we don't ever want to stand out too much and so yeah that was a very neat experience experiment and um a neat experience I think for the once once the experiment is over and people are like oh darn I wish I would have done it another missed opportunity yeah (laughs) so it's a great to me it's a great it's sometimes a little bit painful but I can venture to guess that everyone could use that $50 bill and probably 90% of the group had the thought I want to I want to go and grab that $50 but only one person did so you're big on motivation and, and getting people to set goals and that. And then we have Brittany here representing the younger audience, uh, maybe a year younger than you. <laughs> it, it is. It, it's my 39th birthday for the last decade. <laughs> but I mean, in, in your age group, I don't think there's a lot of people that do goal setting. I could be wrong. Uh, I think you're quite right. Um yeah, in my experience with most of my friends in my social circle, I think it's something that you're, oh, when I'm older, now is either like the time to be having fun and just enjoying it. Or I think then on the other side of it, which is a lot of my friends, and I think even myself can fall into this, where it just feels so daunting. Life is, uh, we don't look at it in the steps that it takes. I think often we look at what we ultimately want to own whatever and have whatever it is. Um and that's so far away from where we're sitting when you're younger mm-hmm. that I think it's very easy to get discouraged and then just not take any action whatsoever. Mm-hmm. What's it like in your generation? Because you're a generation or two um, younger than me. And I often wonder, what's it like growing up today? What's it like, you know, now compared to, you know, 20 some years ago when, when I was your age? Um, that's a hard question. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's hard to say. I think 
generally speaking, I think it's really different. I think, um, especially being a millennial, I think we kind of started off with a bad rap from the generation ahead of us and got a lot of labels of being lazy and entitled and just the typical stuff everyone says uh, about millennials. And I think not only did we have to fight uh, some pretty tough economic, like it's harder to own a house now, like all that kind of stuff we have to fight. But on top of it, we're also battling uphill uh, reputation that I know, you know, it must come from somewhere, but I do not feel is uh, very fair or the norm with my friends. I would say we're not lazy. And I think fighting that reputation in the midst of it being kind of difficult in the future, especially uh, with the last couple of years, like does not look uh, overly hopeful that, um, I don't know, I think our values have shifted. Like I think instead of, I think, we looked and saw that, you know, some of the traditional wants and uh, goals of the generation ahead of us were more tangible. And a lot of those things are going to take us a lot longer, if possible at all, that I think our goals have changed compared to the generation. Like I look at my parents, it was, you know, own a house, have Mm -hmm. kids, where most of my peers and like myself included, like my goal is way more self-fulfillment. I want to feel a certain way I want to know that I'm making an impact and there's a lot more um yeah looking inward I think instead of gathering stuff as a whole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just went to a six-day meditation retreat and the demographic of 1800 people was largely um your generation and it was amazing to see this young group of go-getters like, I think they're much more enlightened than we were, you know, well, at that age. Well, they had access to way more information. Exactly. Like, yeah. we didn't have an internet. That's so, crazy. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, mean I learn, I, I do an hour of learning every day um, in the morning. I, I get up, I think, just prior to you. And I do an hour of learning, and then I work out for an hour every day. Oh, wow. And um, YouTube is a wealth of information. Like, if you're looking for stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. YouTube... Mm-hmm. Has it's just like anything, it's double-edged sword. It mm-hmm. has some bad stuff on there, but it has some great learning opportunities. And I think there's no excuse not to find information. Like, and I'm not going to, I don't want to say it, but <laughs> I'm going to say it. If I was, a, you know, in, in Brittany's shoes or even younger, I'm not so sure if I would focus on education through the traditional way as much as getting it through different paths and mm-hmm. probably trying to, I get that the credential means a lot, lots of times, but I think you can enhance those credentials as well and then do different things. But I think the opportunities are, are there's, I think there's so many opportunities right now that it becomes like there's none. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it, it becomes almost mind boggling. You think, well, there's, there's no real opportunities when I think there's more. Cause I know when I was growing up in Midway where, you know. You're from Midway. <laughs> yeah. Getting a job at the mill was the, the big goal, right? It's because, yeah. you know, I get a job at the mill, I can buy myself a car, and then, you know, maybe get a house and mm-hmm. have enough money left for beer on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think now there's an overabundance of opportunity and a lack of clarity or, clarity, yeah. or mm-hmm. direction or those kinds of things. But I think now more than ever, we have opportunities around us if we, if we can find our own way. So I think, yeah, so if you can clear the, the haze or the mud, and I think that's where, you know, I've been working mm-hmm. with Brittany too and, and stuff. We're trying to put together a group on, I, I, I think I talked to you about this book that I'm trying to do too, 
on goal setting, like if you have a goal and you focus on it, obviously, and if you always check that goal every day, you're going to move towards it. Just like mm-hmm. what you're saying, I want to climb that mountain. You look at the mountain, you say, ugh, right? But if you mm-hmm. say, hey, let's move towards that mountain and let's today we're just going to get, you know, like 10 steps. And you're just like, okay, I can do 10 steps, right? Yeah. And next thing you look behind you and you're like, huh, we're at the top. We've come this far. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because uh, my sister and I biked across Canada many years ago, raising money for charity on a tandem. (laughs) And it was daunting. On a tandem bike, right? (laughs) And you're still alive, both of you. Twins on a tandem was a great gimmick. And, And so we... I learned so much on that trip. It was the right out of university. We were raising money for heart and stroke because our mom had open heart surgery. And we would come to a, a hill or a mountain, and it looks so daunting. But before you know it, you're kind of halfway up, and you look back behind you, and you're like, oh, wow, it really wasn't mm-hmm. as hard as, as we thought. And that happened literally across the entire country. We were going up the Rocky Mountains and okay, there was a lot of time when we were walking. We were pushing the tandem walking (laughs) because it was too hard, but it was just too steep. However, most of the time, the hills were were absolutely not even half as big as we thought they looked, Mm -hmm. you know, from the get-go. So what do you, when you do your presentations, what do you want to leave people with? Like, what is your hope that they walk away with? Uh, ultimately, in in any conversation or presentation or workshop, it would be my goal that people leave feeling like they're empowered on some level and also feeling like they matter. They, We all have a role to play in the future, I think. We all have, especially now more than ever, leadership is staring us in the face in the mirror every morning. And... And I think if we can, can, can behave, you know, act with courage and grace, I, my goal would be that, that we all realize our gifts and talents on some level and share them every day because I think that's the only way to make the world better. That's the only way we're going to create a future we all dream of and hope for. Brings me back to that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. The why I like that movie and I shared it with a friend that was dying. I took it to him in hospice. It's because, you know, sometimes you're sitting there when you know you have weeks left. Mm-hmm. And you don't think you've accomplished much because, you know, you haven't accomplished some of your goals. And what, the, what I was trying to share with him was that maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but you may have influenced other people because that's what that, the point of that movie is. You may not, like your, your circle of influence, you're, you're creating influence. And I think sometimes that is even more important than your own goals, right? So you've obviously touched a lot of people, traveled around the world and done a lot of things. So that influence, you know, you never know what young boy or girl has done because, you know, they've been a a part of your generosity of giving your time and your efforts. I think that's the thing. We, We often don't know. Mm-hmm. the difference that we make and like it could be i mean this these are just simple examples but a teacher a teacher has no idea of the impact they had on that student unless 20 or 30 years later that student comes back to them and says do you know that day when you said that it changed my life so i think every day we have the the power and the opportunity to to change someone's life even even if it's our own yeah an rcmp member saved my life but he would never know it yeah Right. So, I mean, that's a different story. And I think I've said it in a different podcast and I won't go down that today. But Mm -hmm. but I think lots of times the little touches 
may change a course for somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. It's funny. You uh, remind me of a, a moment in a race that I had, and it was uh, it was my very first triathlon. This was uh, an Olympic distance triathlon, and I had a dream. We all have a secret dream. <laughs> I had this secret dream of doing the Ironman one day, and I didn't even know the distances, but I had this dream. So I showed up and and I was going to do the Olympic distance triathlon in Kelowna. And um, I'm out on the swim, and I couldn't swim if my life depended on it. And this kayaker is right there. And I'm like, do you know why the kayaker is there? I had, I had no idea. The kayaker is there to rescue you. I had no clue. And the kayaker is right beside me. And to this day, I do not know who that kayaker is. But he changed the direction of my life forever. So this kayaker, I'm I'm crying in the water. Like it's very hard to tread water and cry at the same time in a race. And I mean, I, I mean, there should be a medal for that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm floating on my back and I'm crying. And this kayaker comes up beside me and says, "Do you need help?" And I said, "Well, yeah." And he says, "Well, look, turn over." You're going backwards in the current. And I'm just like the ugly cry. And you know, some of us, we've done the ugly cry. And those of you who've just Absolutely. seen it, you know, they never want to see it again. So I am doing the ugly cry in the middle of the lake, way over my head. It's just an epic disaster. And um, the kayaker took over. And the kayaker said, look, I need you to, I need you to get a hold of yourself. And I, I need you to get a grip. And you're going to listen to me. And he said, get your face in the water and I want you to have, I'm going to count and you're going to have an arm in the water every time. And I tried to explain that I only wanted to do the dog paddle, but he wasn't listening. He just said, do it. And so the kayaker led me around the course and, and we made it around one buoy and then we make it around the next buoy. And, and he said, now, look, I want you to go straight for shore and you're going to drift exactly where you want to go and he he said don't follow the pack and I'm like I am so far dead last I can't even see the pack and he said just go straight for shore and you're going to drift just where you need to go now it's only a 1.5 kilometer swim but you and you have an hour to do it and if you're a even a bad swimmer you could do it but I'm worse than bad at the time. And so I made it back to shore. I did exactly what he said. And he was so right. I drifted exactly where I needed to go. And my feet are on the sand in the water. And I'm so excited that I made it. And then the kayaker drifted away. And I carried on my race, made it in 59 minutes and 32 seconds. So clearly there, there must be God or something. I don't know. Anyway, I finished the race and came in 12th last. I thought I came in first, Olympic gold, because I was just so excited. But to this day, I have no idea who that kayaker is. And he has no idea he changed my life forever because right after that race, I signed up for my first Ironman and have done 12 in the last number of years. And, and that's been kind of a pivotal, um, the, 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 the sport of triathlon has been my anchor when I needed it. It's been my, you know, my meditation or my conversation with the, you know, it's been everything to me. And it's all because of this kayaker, you know, led wow. me around and he has no clue. Learning to see yourself in those moments as someone that could be impacting, I think, yeah. is the trick. I think so often we think we're unsubstantial 
and whatever. You're just a kayaker in this race. But yeah. to learn to see yourself as someone that is impacting those around you. And it might be for the better or for the worse. But learning to intentionally uh, see those moments and in every little thing. Because sometimes it's tiny. I mean, I think all of us have those stories. Yeah, like the teacher, or this is a super impressive one. But I had a coach when I was a kid that just said a few things to me that like totally changed the course of my life. That I think the trick is just learning to see ourselves as someone that could add value to any situation in any other person's life like mm-hmm. a, that mm-hmm. angel wing yeah. idea like I love that and maybe that's an interesting thought what if we woke up every day with the notion that today could be a day mm-hmm. that I my life is used to change somebody else's life for the better like how I'm positive like, is that <laughs> actually that just gives me chills because what if we woke up every day like that I'm like I'm gonna try that tomorrow life would look different I think if people started doing that yeah and then what if like in the in the speech for the chamber we talked about how these baby chicks baby chicks will imprint imprint on anything that moves so these baby chicks were following like this mini Roomba the little teeny robot (laughs) that's so cute and this little robot um, was created and it goes left 50% and right 50% of the time and you can google it and so basically this mini robot will kind of like a Roomba cleans your floor, over time it's going to get the whole floor. But it goes everywhere, randomly. Well, they did this experiment where they took these baby chicks, put them in the arena or the, the area with the, the little robot or mini Roomba, and then the baby chicks imprinted, thought it, the robot was its mother, and then um, they kind of carried on like that for a few days, but then the experiment designers took the baby chicks out of the arena. And somehow, and I can't understand this and I can't explain it, but people could Google it. Um, The intention of the baby chicks who were in a cage on one side of the arena somehow influenced, and this was replicated time and time again, replicated meaning they did the experiment again and again and every single time the the feeling emotion intention of the baby chicks influenced a robot to stay on the half of the arena closest to the baby chicks i can't understand that in fact that's kind of mind-blowing to me so what if every day we woke up with the idea like you said of what could i maybe today could be a day where i make someone's life better they can make a movie out of it. It's a wonderful life. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do think that is, um, I always try to tell people that everybody's writing a story, their own story, mm-hmm. and everybody in your story is part of your story. And, and don't you want them to be like a good influence? Do you want to be mm-hmm. a bad character in your own story? So whether mm-hmm. you talk nicely to that Starbucks person or what, even depending on your mood or whatever, you could... The smallest thing could change somebody's path because they could be making a decision. You say mm-hmm. something nasty to that person, they may make a different decision than, or if you were kind to mm-hmm. them. So kindness matters and every moment matters. And you know, what if we had that in mind, like on a daily basis or a moment to moment basis? Like yeah. that would be life changing, regardless of thinking of anyone else. That would be life changing for me. I was on a plane coming home from Calgary and. It was a, like uh, Air Canada, one of those two twin prop jobs. And it was, they loaded the plane. I think I was one of three people like that didn't have somebody sitting beside me. And, you know, you're at that point where you want to keep your seat here. <laughs> <laughs> so as people can be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and sure enough, here comes this 
elderly lady and she's got like three bags and a coat and a yoga mat of course and where does she put everything on top of me right because so, all the bins are now full yeah. and everything right so and then she proceeds to want to talk a lot and um and she wants to talk on things that trigger people right like so she seems to want to find you know, things where I'm going to agree with. And then she starts in on politics and religion. Right? So. Oh, classic. <laughs> so she says something about how religions ruin the world and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I said, you know what? I said, think of it this way. Instead of, like, hating on religion, why not think of it, if you look at the teachings of Christ, if everybody followed those teachings, wouldn't the world be a better place? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, yeah. And I said, then what does it matter whether you believe in religion or not? And she's like, hmm, right? So just asking different questions, right? As opposed to trying to convince them that they should believe in something or not, right? Because yeah. just being nicer might be helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the, the basic teachings, no? Mm-hmm. And what if we ask questions, you know, rather, as you said, making, like, trying to convince someone? Yeah, just ask better questions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, the thing. And, and, and I think the last two years... Not that I want to open that can, but we've been told that we're not allowed to ask questions, right? Which is an interesting, you know, interesting concept, especially, you know, especially now more than ever when information, you know, there's brilliant minds out in the world and brilliant minds are communicating. They're not in silos anymore. Mm -hmm. They're communicating. I would have thought that if there was such a, you know, frightening situation, we should be collaborating. Like collaborating is the way that I solve problems in the, you know, in my life. In my professional body as an accountant, we're taught to ask questions. Like as an auditor, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to ask questions. And we took groupthink studies and we say groupthink is bad, right? Challenger mm-hmm. shuttle, groupthink, that's what caused that explosion. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden we're saying thinking independently is bad or asking questions bad. So it's really kind of like causes people to become very confused, right? And I think, I think that's just a terrible place to be when you're not sure if you're allowed to ask questions or if you're going to get called out for asking a question. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it's, and it's, it unfortunately has happened where, where within families and neighborhoods and communities and all kinds, you know, asking questions or speaking up created a, a lot of um, discomfort and pain. Um, and, and I think that's, that's going to be tough to heal from, but I, I do feel that that is our role. How can we like help one another heal from, the, I, I the say suffering. to people like now sometimes that are still kind of like a little bit testy, I said, do you need a hug? Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And what if, like, I think now we have to get back to those those gatherings. Yeah, just extend your hand and they may say, I'm not. And they're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Goop hugs would solve a lot of world's problems right now. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, what is like the rest of your life look like like what do you want to do you look great just so you're obviously looking after yourself you're doing all these triathlons is that still part of your life well i just turned 52 yesterday actually and happy birthday thank you and i thought so you're not even at the halfway mark 52 (laughs) 52 like 52 like 52 in my eyes like years ago was old but but i actually look at 52 as as the best day ever you know and and I, I just did my 12th Ironman this past summer. Wow. And I can definitely say that doing an Ironman at 51 compared to 22 felt different. It was, uh, it was tough physically, but mentally, 
mentally, there's a lot of wisdom there. So I'm loving the fact that I'm older and I have a lot more wisdom and a lot more courage and grace to to speak up and be the leader I think that I'm called to be in this world. And, and I also think that it's a privilege. It's a privilege to get old, to get older. And I'm really grateful to be able to run and get out there and and do everything that I do. And I think that for, for, for our lives, if we can incorporate physical fitness, I mean, obviously you love, both of you look like you love physical fitness and activity. Heck, every day is a great day when we could spend a little time doing, doing a little bit of that. I turned 60 this year, so I had, you know, some trouble dealing with it, but just the number, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's just the number in itself, but I'm probably in the best shape I've been in my whole life. Yeah. And um, I, I think there's the good thing about it is, is I think we have the confidence and the resources. Do you know what I mean? Like if somebody took everything away from me today, I know I could go get it back because mm-hmm. I, I believe I know the path now. Yeah. And I think that's where younger people can turn because if you're going to try and climb a mountaintop, why not ask somebody who's been to the mountaintop because they might show you a better path mm-hmm. right? instead of the, mm-hmm. you know, like bang around at the bottom of the field somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. or getting discouraged. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think the more that we network, the more that we share information, the better off everybody is. Yep, yep. If you could, if you could tell your younger self something, what would you, what would you tell them? Like, <laughs> what would I tell myself? Like, yeah, I'd say like, not to get so stressed out on the small stuff. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like figure out what it is that you want to do, and and stop worrying about the stuff that doesn't matter. Because I think we over, we over, I think analyze over whatever we we just we let too many small things really because you know like i coached a lot um sorry i'm jumping around i coached a lot for my daughter made me coach almost every team she was on and we we won a lot of championships which is great because i always said to girls and i coached girls is that um there's a price to be paid are you willing to pay the price just like Mm -hmm. you know when you're training there's a price to be paid right so are you willing to pay the price um but i think that if we realize what the goal is, we can forget about some of that stuff that doesn't matter. And, and back to coaching. Sometimes the parents, you know, they're so worked up about a moment. But if you say, hey, take 24 hours and think about it. And then they're just like, I don't even know what I was mad about. Mm-hmm. Right? So like some of those things, I think stressing about, you know, getting a parking ticket or getting a whatever. Like, does it matter really at the end of the day? Yeah. And, and those are things that are not controllable in your life. All you got to do is deal with that ticket, either pay it or don't pay it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, a boyfriend dumps you or, you know, like, or, or something, you can't control that. You can only control your own attitude and effort. That's one of the things I really coached hard on was attitude and effort because hmm. you can't control your teammate, can't control your coach, the ref, anybody else on the ice surface. The only thing you control is the attitude that you have towards whatever happened to you and the effort you put in. Hmm. And I think that's a big thing. My daughter always says she can get any job she wants because she goes in there and says, I'll bring the best attitude and the best effort. And so they're just like, you're hired. Right? So. Oh my gosh. Such, such a great way to be. Yeah. So yeah. I think not that, that obviously I haven't lived a perfect life, but I mean, I think I sweat too many things that were, what would you say is the thing that you would tell yourself? Well, I, I think kind of along the similar, similar thought that you have, like if I could tell my younger self something, it would, it would be that a lot of the things I worried about don't matter. Like, right. So, yeah, so concerned with fitting in, you know, keeping up, um, you name it, like you name it. I probably lived it. And I think turning 50 was a great thing for me because I realized 
I don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm old. I can do what I want. And and so that was actually super liberating. I don't know how 60 is going to go, but 50 was quite liberating. And if I could tell my 30-year-old self something, it would be maybe to focus on what really matters to me a bit more and like really focus. Because you know when you focus on something, you can make a lot of great stuff happen. Mm -hmm. So I would say tell myself to focus on the things that really matter to me and let go of all the other stuff about, you know, societal, non, yeah, just so much of it, right? And other people's opinions, really. Mm. Like, if you know what you're doing that's right, like, to all you people on LinkedIn that love me or hate me, I don't care. Can I say that? No, I really care. I really care. Well, (laughs) you know, I... (laughs) It's just, true, though. Just it's say true. What you think is true, like, and have integrity and believe and stand behind what you say. Yeah, to have a, a firm basis and foundation, I think, is important, like rationale, not just flippant. But I actually listened to a, um, a woman say something on a stage, and it's always stuck with me. And she said, What any one of you think of me is none of my damn business. And I thought, mm, Oh my gosh, I if I could embody that and follow my true path and listen to my inner voice. Like I kind of, when I'm kind of stressed out, I think, okay, tilt my head to the left or tilt my head to the right, whichever one feels better, but get it close to the heart and listen to what it's got to say. And I, and I think that our heart will not lead us astray. So I would tell my younger self to follow my heart and focus a lot more. I think that's a, that's a, that focus point yeah. is so strong. Yeah. I think we all have a little ADHD where we're just like, bzz, bzz, bzz. and I think if for Brittany, an exercise would be good is just to, you know, in the past month or two months, write down all the things that really stressed you out and then look at them and say, do they matter in, oh, in what really matters? Dangerous exercise. Oh <laughs> like, I look at the last two years and all the things that I got so worked up over. Yeah. And, like, I think I almost could have had, like, panic attacks over the last couple of years. And those things, while they're important, none of them were catastrophic. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would, uh, yeah... I think I think one of the like looking around the room for sure is like I think it's so important right now with what we've seen over the past few years looking after your health and that's one message that I always want to kind of push out to people like look after yourself my daughter's a nurse as well Mm. and the hospital prior to COVID was full of people that weren't looking after themselves Mm. you know especially with heart disease and obesity and um sugar diabetes and everything that comes with that so and these are i'm not saying everybody can control it because but but a lot of people what the food industry is feeding us the restaurant industry is feeding us is is basically garbage if you mm-hmm. think of one of the things that not to go on a rant but like cereal is kind of promoted to moms like hey if they got the little heart healthy things on the box and they got all these no it's things. Cr- the marketing i opened up a cliff bar the other day and i'm like thinking like they market it like it must be healthy and I was reading it and like the first ingredient is corn syrup and they're like plant-based protein I'm like I guess corn syrup is plant-based but not a health food at all I think yeah pure sugar cereal is basically corn wheat and sugar Mm -hmm. and those are the three worst things you can put in your body Mm -hmm. that's the easy thing for busy people just to pour a bowl of that for your kids and it's addictive because it's tastes really good yeah who doesn't love sugar crisp right yeah well i'm my wonder is why is it that um a certain brand or a food product in another country has a different ingredient list than in canada or the united states 
like in Europe, their the ingredient list is much healthier on on most everything. Like, well, yeah. So in like in England, Subway is listed as like the the bread is listed as a donut. So there's tax on it because there's so much sugar in the bread. Oh my god! Right. So they have to classify it as a donut. Right. Yeah. So. But here, yeah. it's just like, it's like slightly concerning, <laughs> like some like eat fresh. That's right. Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like we think about COVID, not to, to rag on that, but like look at what was left open. I Fast know. Joints, <laughs> Why is that? Stores, pot stores. You know what I mean? Close all of the the yeah. you know like the homegrown yeah. restaurant stuff, and yeah. it's just and. Like, rope off the middle aisles in a grocery store. You want to help anybody, right? Yeah. Make them shop the, the perimeter, right? Only the perimeter. And what if we actually got a little closer to our food sources, you know? I, I think critical thinking is a must right now for, for everyone. And, and we really need to, you know, I myself, my partner and I spend a lot of time just talking talking together about what's going on or what we can do and and I'm a big believer that that gardens and getting close to our food sources is mm-hmm. going to be a really important thing into the into the near future so where do you rank um, your body or your, the way you look after the vehicle that you drive around in every day mm-hmm. where do you rank that in your priorities I it's very important obviously like if um, if I look at my gifts and talents and and if I think about what are my my basic things that I should be, that I could be bringing to the world, not only for the world around me but myself, it would be to be to move physically, to bring joy, and to create things. And moving physically is my number one thing. And I read this book that really kind of um, encompassed that as well. What's the one thing? And the book was called The One Thing. And here's the question or the statement: What's the one thing you could do every day? such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier. Mm. So what's the one thing you could do at work, at home, in your health, with your relationships every day, that if you did it, everything else becomes easier? And for me, it's move physically. Yeah. But I, I, I did some thinking because moving physically is only half of it when we look at overall health. Mm-hmm. Heck, I think I should eat the cookies and eat the cake and just pay more attention to what I'm putting into my mind because mm-hmm. the last couple of years, I was pretty anxious. And in the last few months, I've decided that's it. No more. No more social media. No more of this nonsense. You know, no more of getting caught up in the frenzy of what the latest thing is going on and, and really focusing on my mental health because I think mental health is such an important factor as well. So in the last few months, I've been focusing more on mental health as well as physical health, but in answer to your question, it's the most important thing. It's uh, well that and and loving my people around me, loving you know, loving and supporting the the people in my life. So I would say those two things are the most important to me. Brittany, gosh, I was just thinking as you were talking, what my answer might be if you asked me. Um, for sure, moving physically, I'm a religious I'm Christian so that's for sure my number one is my faith like I spend a lot of time in meditation Mm. and that is something that when I do that and when I'm intentional about it daily it makes everything else in my day easier Um, I'm also a a creator and making space for drawing and painting and whatever else it might be yeah probably those three creating Mm. physical activity and uh, my uh, spirituality what does meditation look like for you for me, um, I, I just meditate typically on who God is to me. And for me, it's more of a, 
a listening to what he might be saying to me that day. And it's just love and not an emptying my mind, but filling it with something better, uh, something higher than I am. And yeah, I usually do it for about 30 minutes uh, every morning. And it's made a really big impact over the last couple of years. What a great way to set your day. Yeah, it makes a difference if you put the morning, I don't know, I think I read this somewhere, but uh, they're like the evening is tied to the morning and your uh, morning is tied to your evening. And I found it to be really true mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, like going to bed at a regular time improves my morning, but spending time in meditation um, and, you know, physical activity, I also work out in the morning. Uh, the whole day is different on, than on days that I miss it. Like my attitude is different, my hope factor even is different Mm -hmm. and I don't know I think people are always like how do you like similar I mean do not get up even close to as early as Jim does um but early compared to most of my peers um but it's it's worth it like the time goes by no matter what you'll either be spending it sleeping and doing whatever or you can be spending it doing something productive and I think I find it to be a very well-spent time. Probably the best uh, time investment in my life is the gym and my my morning routine. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Habits and rituals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And I think that's a big thing. Yeah. And you mentioned that you you spend an hour on learning and an hour at the hour working out. So what does your morning routine look like? Well, that's the start of every morning. So, and and the reason I get up very early is that nobody can steal that time from me because nobody else is up, right? Because I used to work for a public company and then, it was in Toronto, and at six o'clock, you got to get on the call, and you got to be on with everybody, and you got to do the things. And they, so I started getting up at three o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> it's not morning; that's nighttime. <laughs> nobody gets up then, right? So then that's all mine, right? So, so nobody can say, "Hey, what I'm you- like proud of my five I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" It. <laughs> so I know it's a bit ridiculous, but it became it become a habit, or became a habit and a ritual for me. So, but I feel that. I can accomplish a lot of things during that time. No, I just don't do that. I also try to do some of the stuff that we do with the company and that because that's when I can really focus on just that. There's nobody coming in because, I mean, a lot of people ask me questions during the day. I take a lot of phone calls. My phone doesn't stop ringing. You heard buzzing a lot here. Yeah. Um, so that's my responsibility during the day. But during that, that block in the morning till about – I have till about 8 o'clock. That's kind of like mine. And then after that, things start to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So. And, and I just, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in habits and rituals. If you can establish good habits and rituals in your life, the success will follow through that, right? So if, when you have a bad day, that meditation will probably help you get through what mm-hmm. may turn into something worse if you didn't. And, 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 I, and, you know, going to bed at a similar time all the time is very helpful because instead of just like, oh, man, I'm just wrecked today, right? So. Yeah. I work out seven days a week and, and I like it, right? Like I, I used to do the, I tried to do different things. I tried to work out after work, but that would get stolen because somebody would say, hey, let's go do this or let's go do that. We got dinner with these people. We got this. And they would take it away, right? And sometimes you're just really tired. So it's just really hard, right? So I think finding something that works. Then I really do like the learning part, right? Like, because I think we can never, I think the more you know or the more you learn, the more you know you don't know enough or Mm-hmm. I think Mark Twain said, or somebody said that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The more you know, the less you know. So yeah. yeah, I think that curiosity, that sense of learning, um, it, I think it keeps us young. It, I think so too. It yeah. keeps us well. Not only are they proving that learning a second language or a musical instrument, you know, keeps us younger, 
uh, in our brains, but I think it really does keep us young, like living with that sense of awe and wonder. Like I look at Christmas and I look at little kids and, and I think, oh my gosh, like to have that kind of awe and wonder just on a daily basis, you know, every day would be different. Maybe that's mm-hmm. how meditation create maybe that's what meditation creates that's you get you. filled with a or for me anyway it's just a feeling of connection to everybody and like you I don't know I've it's a funny thing and I'm not sure like I think I guess like I'm religious like to me I believe this to be to be true but like I just feel God's love for people and like for me but also for me uh created to love other people and just the value that if you could love someone in a day and like they knew that they were loved, like that day was worth living, whatever uh, may or may not have happened and the frustrations that we have, if you could make someone understand that they're loved, Mm -hmm. that alone is enough purpose, I think. And if you put it in that perspective, I think just for me anyway, is like losing sight of like what actually matters here. Like not the little stuff. And I think you guys have both said that's something you wish you'd learned uh, or you wish you could tell yourself when you were younger. And I think it's really true. Like the little stuff, it does. It's not like it doesn't matter. Those things add up. But what really matters is those bigger things, um, who you're becoming and where you're going more than mm-hmm. what's actually happening today. Like it's sometimes I feel like I'll look at my life and I'm, it's like I'm looking at it with a magnifying glass, but I'm looking at a sculpture that's like 10 feet high and like just putting that down and standing back and actually looking at what's the big picture and you know what's the beautiful thing that we're actually looking at here and like how are we sculpting it instead of focusing on just you know I'll look and I'm like oh that's just like you know the kneecap or something and I'm like oh my word there's a problem here and you can't see it until you look step back into your own life a little bit yeah. and it's magnificent mm-hmm. that that's it is it's beautiful yeah. life is really and there's so much like I have that curiosity as well you guys like talking about like I think it's so important because the world is really beautiful and the more you learn about it and like I love spending time in nature and the more uh, I have a degree in biology and like the more that I I learned about it the more beautiful it became the more I valued and I'd go on a hike is like I understand how photosynthesis works better and like can name a lot of the plants and understand ecosystems and it makes it more beautiful when you see the complexity and humans are just the same like biologically but also relationally and I think being able to see the beauty in it and look at it on that kind of macro scale instead of always uh, just the micro events and getting so caught up. But mm-hmm. Those are easier uh, said than done uh, ways to live life, I think. That's so beautiful, so on point, especially now more than ever. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, um, I think a lot of people will sometimes close their ears when they hear the word religion or, or somebody identifies and, and then, but I, I mean, I always challenge them back. And I mean, most of them have never, like that lady that was talking to me about religion. I, I yeah. started talking about some of the, the stuff in the Bible and then she had no clue. And I said, well, you're making a judgment on something you don't really know anything about. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, how can you, how can you do that? Right. So just asking questions back. Mm-hmm. Right. I think sometimes it, and I think the big question is, wouldn't the world be a better place if everybody had that same thought that Brittany has? Like, whether or not you question her her, her, her beliefs, like, mm-hmm. why not just believe in what she's all about? Yeah, yeah, in terms of values. And yeah. Yeah, I, I personally have a great deal of faith, and for me, I, I don't really 
what other people believe in is up to them. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I know what I believe in. And my mom actually passed away uh, suddenly and unexpectedly in the middle of October. And, and I was heartbroken. But I'm like, okay, God, like, you need to show me a sign right now. Like, I need to know she's okay. I need to know. I need to know she's here. I need to know mm-hmm. she's with me. And okay, it's maybe maybe that's not the way we should be talking to God. But look, I was she's I'm like, big enough to take like, it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> this is what I need right now. And a couple of well, three things actually happened within a few days. And I'm like, okay, we're good. Thanks, you know. And I and I saw undeniably, you know, the work mm-hmm. of of God showing me that that and and you know and there's books about this i mean people should believe whatever they want and i don't care what anyone else believes but there have been atheists and there have been neurosurgeons my one of my favorite books is written by a neurosurgeon who um who almost died and had an experience um he wasn't physically actually dead but just um you'll have to read the book it's called proof of heaven and and it was such a good book for me so much so that i gave it to all my brothers because you know my we grew up in a faith-based family and my brothers i don't know but i i gave them this book and one of my brothers said that book changed my life and and it was about this neurosurgeon who goes through this experience when he was very ill and and comes out the other side and wakes up and says undeniably there there is there is more to life uh after after we physically pass and so i'm i think faith is something that that if we choose to believe it it can be something that we can rely on when we need it and and it can be something quite magnificent i we have really no idea like we live on planet earth yeah that's why they call it faith like there has to be an element of doubt and unknowing yeah you know there's so much more I think. I think spirituality is different for everybody mm-hmm. and even the way you experience religion, if that's part yeah. of what your spirituality is, but it can be anything. But I think everybody should have some type of spirituality, believing there's something bigger than themselves, right? So true. I mean, and really in, for for any kind of in certain communities or certain groups, they might believe in the sun or they might believe in a in a rock, it doesn't really matter. But I love your point to believe in something greater than ourselves. Because the, the question mm-hmm. I did pose to the, the the lady was, I said, don't you find it odd that around the same time, without transportation, and but that there was there was books passed to people to cultures, whether that be Buddhism, the Quran the the bible and all these things that seem to have a common theme in them do you know what i mean like they all seem to muhammad mm-hmm. you know like yeah. everybody seemed to have a common theme it seems odd that that how did that get around you know what i mean like it's because obviously we interpret things differently because different yeah. cultures and we change our interpretations and that because it's man right and sometimes people use it for their own their own what purposes and stuff like that but don't you find it odd that that it's almost the same message mm-hmm. and that message is to be good to each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fundamentally <laughs> like to be a great human being and support one another like if we could do that it's like some aliens or some god came down and said look here's the playbook yeah. please follow it and people yeah. are just like oh we've got other ideas yeah i i think if we went if we found our way back to um just basic values we have a great values. future. Yeah. We have a great future in I think store. Leadership that you talked about a little bit, and I think 
I think the world is in search of real leadership mm -hmm. without the hypocrisy, without the scandals and people that will answer to leadership. Leadership, and I say this, I, I, I believe in a knight's code. I believe that you should have integrity and I believe that you should have truth and valor and courage. And mm -hmm. I will ride up a hill, down a hill with any king that will ride with me. But if he says, you ride up the hill, well, I'm going to go back to the castle. I'm just, yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to go home, right? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I don't think I need to die for you if you're not willing to do it yourself. Lead, show me the way. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're missing. Like yeah. we look at our leaders in this nation. Where are the lead Where's leadership? Like I don't see it. I see a bunch of virtue signaling, mm -hmm. like empty words and no mm -hmm. actions. Like I think Brittany brought it up to me before we talked. It's like, talks talk like walk the walk right mm -hmm. show me the path right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i don't think we're seeing a lot of that i mean we seek we see like our finance minister say oh i don't need a car like you shouldn't need a car well she has a chauffeur driven limousine you know what i mean for the three hundred fifty thousand dollars salary like you know <laughs> like i mean she's missing the point oh you should cut your disney channel like 11 bucks i don't think people are struggling for 11 bucks right like mm -hmm. it's not that so it's lack of empathy, lack of leadership, lack of a whole bunch of things. So Yeah, I think completely out of touch would be how I would term our, our political system right now. I think what's missing, and I think the word integrity was mentioned earlier, that's what's missing. Mm -hmm. Like for me, a small business owner, I pay my taxes. I have to be accountable. I have to break even. Why why is our why is it not that way? I, I'm I'm saddened by the national debt. Because that's gonna, that's gonna, Brittany, that's gonna carry on through your generation and future generations, unfortunately. And that just happened like, you know, mm -hmm. like that in the span of a couple of years. So I, I think we really do need to, to stop and have a bit of a um, recalibration of sorts in terms of values and that integrity, especially in our, mm -hmm. in Accountability our. Accountability too. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, like there's, we don't know where the $47 billion went. How do you not know where that money went? Right, do you know what I mean? How do you not know? You know yeah. where it went. You just won't tell us where it went. That's yeah. the, that's the trick. I'm an accountant. Yeah. Somebody knows where that <laughs> went. Right? Like, Didn't somebody, just disappear. Somebody cashed the check. Right. Yeah. Well, I I do I do find a bit of humor. Like when I when I've chosen to to browse the news, I I do find a little bit of humor in that um, that this app. I mean, cited a number of businesses that were working on it, but then those one of those businesses that was paid a million dollars said, "Oh no, we never worked on that app at all." So I, I'm con I'm confused and a little bit perplexed, but I, I fundamentally do believe that that our citizens in not only our country but our communities and our province, they are becoming aware of things, and I'm I'm grateful for that. And conversations are starting. Conversations that matter are are really starting. Maybe a little bit later than. I personally would have hoped, but but I'm very grateful that conversations that matter are happening now. And I think people, I think we all kind of like, okay, we got to do our part. We got because we were told there was a lot of stuff out there. We were told what to do, and now we're just like, okay, you 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 took us for two years, and you kind of like said what we have to do. Now we want to ask some questions, and we want some answers, right? Because because it's just not right not to answer questions, right? You can't. If I was in charge, I would say you can have 90 days for total control. And after that, you have to have accountability because because there's no way a state of emergency lasts two and a half years. And some people would rather have it last for the eternity, it seems like. It's right? crazy. It's uh, uh, yeah, I, it's definitely an odd time in history. And my my hope and prayer is that the history books will reflect truth and what actually has, has yeah. happened. 
I yeah. am. I, uh, I'm curious to see what happens in the coming years. And I, I do think that leadership, when you look at, at what you're doing, even like with this podcast, but on a daily basis and being a voice of reason, I, I'm very excited for what's to come because I do feel that, that people are finding the courage and the grace mm-hmm. to, to begin to, to step up and be the leaders. And even if it's in our own neighborhoods, you know, mm-hmm. To, to step up and, and have conversations that are... We have two minutes left. Anything that you want to like just get out there and in two minutes or a minute? Uh, I, I'm just extremely grateful for the opportunity to to be invited to share this time with with both of you. And I, I feel that it's an honor to to be in our community and to to find a, a way to have a voice. And I'm just extremely grateful. And I and I think that, that citizens of Kelowna are very appreciative of what of what's happening here. Brittany? Uh, just thank you for coming on. That was a really uh, a really engaging conversation. So thank you both. And I thank you for all the work that you're doing out there. And I think if we have more crystals out there, more Brittany's, all that kind of stuff that where people matter to people, wow, what a better world we would have, right? Instead of, you know, trying to take something from someone, right? Try to give instead of take, right? So give mm-hmm. without expectation. Mm-hmm. Awesome, right? Yeah. I totally agree, and I think ki- kindness is really what it comes down to. If we can find find a way to be kind, not just at Christmas time, but yeah, yeah I, I always say the good exercise for people to, to do is, if it's your funeral, what are the ten words you want to des- the people to describe oh, you? Question. Do you know what I mean? Like, good one. say like, do you want them to say what an? Can I say bad words? But like, what up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, or do you want them to say, oh my god, he was kind and empathetic and generous and caring? <laughs> Are those the words? Because mm-hmm. if those are the words you want, then start acting those words, right? Yep. Start earning the, the right for those words, right? Because instead of just saying, well, I'd like those written on my tombstone, well, maybe you have to act like it. Because here's a sad thing, and this is really sad and something for people to reflect on. I went to a funeral last week, and and it was a young man, a, probably 10 years younger than me. Um, I won't say too much about it, but... It was sad because his whole life was distilled into a like a 10-minute PowerPoint presentation. Oh. And there wasn't a, a lot of people there. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so the impact he had, do you know what I mean? Like, and he may have a big, but it just, it didn't come to, it didn't show at that moment, right? Yeah. So try to make a bigger impact with people and try to like, to do things that matter. It's a wonderful life. Yeah. We'll end yeah. with that, I guess. Right? Yeah. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, and, and watch Brit- the movie. So we should have titled this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Brittany, I love I love your comment about how you take that time in the morning to contemplate and and be that love and and to feel that love from from God. And I think that if we woke up every day, and I'm going to practice this, if I wake up every day believing and knowing that I will be a conduit for something great to happen, I think that's what I'm gonna. That's what I've taken away. Yeah. I think most people that don't believe in God at at their final moments are just like, hey, God. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In case you're there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What a pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm.